great conversation continues now on the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine. Coming through the door I think we've met somewhere before Hello, love Hello there, hello Hello, love Welcome, glad you're here Where in the world have you been so long? I missed you so since you've been gone Hello, love Well, we are glad that you're here We hope you come hello, in love. Spend some time with us now this morning Make yourself feel right at home I hope you plan on staying long Come in, love Pull up a chair, sit down, grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever it is you are drinking this morning. I've got some coffee with Italian creamer in it. Mm. And it is good. It is not as good as that hot chocolate that Desiree brought us last week. Good morning, week. Desiree. I am going to tell you, that was that was top-notch. I'm not, that's not going to go out of my mind for quite some time. Uh, Desiree, we thank you for that. 8.10 in the morning here on the Watchdog Morning Show, even freezing pretty much everywhere. 32 at the Highlands, uh, 32 in the... Uh, uh, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, 32 at the Highlands, 32 in Elm Grove, and 32 at the Robinson Auto Group Studios, downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Mostly cloudy today. Might see some sun popping in during the day. Daytime high, 38. Not going to hit 40, that's for sure. So we'll be, it's 32 now. Might get up another 3, 4, 5 degrees. That's pretty much all we're going to uh, deal with over the course of the day today. In a minute or two, we'll talk about... Um, the upcoming legislative session in West Virginia, what's uh, going to be going on? What are some of the key things that we might see happening over the next 60 days? Uh, later on this hour, we'll talk to Mac Warner, a Secretary of State. Today is filing day, begins the day when all of the speculation we've had all year long uh, comes to an end, begins to come to an end as we begin to see who actually files for various offices locally and statewide uh, for the upcoming election. We'll talk to Mac Warner about that a bit later on. RFK's latest campaign release is filled with all kinds of lies, and he's being publicly called on that. I want to take some time to uh, talk about that. Uh, and uh, all of this is coming up this morning here on the Watchdog Morning Show. I have been sharing with you um, this morning, I came across a list of predictions made 100 years ago, 100 years ago, made about 2024. Some of them were stupid. I don't know why they thought this. No one would have any teeth. Okay. Horses would be extinct. Um, and a couple made some sense. Working from home. This 100 years ago, people predicted that we would be working from home. 75 years would seem young. Believe me, I believe 75 is young. Being at 70 and pushing 71 now, I think 75 years was a pretty young thing. Here are a couple more just real quick. I've been sprinkling these in and out this morning. Uh, Bob, uh, predictions from 100 years ago for 2024. There will be world peace. Not even close on that one. That did not work out so well, no, um, because movie, movie mogul D.W. Griffith predicted that because motion pictures would create a universal language that everybody would understand, it would help us all to like each other better and end all wars. World peace would be in effect in 2024. Well, let's ask them in Israel or Gaza or Ukraine or Russia or anywhere else. Now, this next one, 
totally opposite. This one may be true. The president of the American Chemical Society a hundred years ago said that there will be constant war everywhere in 2024. Well, we're closer to that than world peace. Yeah, and we might be a lot closer uh, than we, well, we think going the other way, Howard. That's exactly right. So I have a few more 100-year-old predictions for this year. We'll get to those coming up a little bit later on this morning on the Watchdog Morning Show. Coming up next, we'll talk with uh, Stephen Adams. Uh, it is his busy season as the legislature gets in session. Governor Justice has his State of the State speech this week, and we'll see what the Gov has to say, if we have any idea about that, and we'll see what the legislature's going to do. Straight ahead. Coming up on Metro News Hotline. On the Monday edition of the show, we'll take a look back at a busy sports weekend and get you ready for the college football national championship game, Michigan and Washington in Houston. Jeff Paul Smith will be here in the 4 o'clock hour. Carl Lee, the former NFL All-Pro, joins me at 5. Plus your calls, texts, tweets, interrupt, and our question of the day. Metro News Hotline with Dave Weekly. Weekday afternoons from 3 to 6 at WVMetroNews.com and on this Metro News station. I was the first in my family to go to college. I was looking to switch careers. I wanted the highest quality, but most affordable option for a degree. No matter where you are in life, West Virginia Northern Community College can make your dream of a college degree a reality. With over half of our students being first-generation college students and free tuition for many programs, Northern is the right choice for you. I can go to college. West Virginia Northern Community College. You belong here. The Highland Sports Complex is the Ohio Valley's most exciting place to play. A state-of-the-art facility offering fun for the whole family with a climbing wall, arcade, indoor turf, hardwood courts, classes and camps for kids and adults. Plus, you can take a break in the on-site cafe. Learn more online at hitthehighlands.com or better yet, stop in and visit the Highlands Sports Complex at the top of the hill off I-70. On FM, on AM, online, on demand, and on video. We are where you are. The Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe is here now. Blue Monday. Quarter after the hour, 8.15 here, Watchdog Morning Show, Monday, brand new week, brand new edition of the Big Gig. You can join us along the way if you'd like to, 304-214-1600, 304-214-1600, the Frio Stack Auction Service text line, or 304-232-8255, the Frio Stack Auction Service phone line. I was getting some texts earlier, Bob, from people making fun of all the weather hoopla that we had last week and we're talking about earlier today and i couldn't remember what they were called bob what i remember i called them a name a few weeks ago one of them reminded me that i called him a weather snob i called them weather snobs so wait till next week because they were oh i don't know why you have to report the weather the weather just look outside that's all you need to do it's january it's gonna be cold 
Yeah, it's going to be cold. You come here in the studio and you'll see how cold it is. 8.16 on the Watch Talk Morning Show. Stephen Adams is here with us from the Ogden newspaper chain. Stephen, good morning, sir. Good morning, Howard. Thanks for having me on. Always good to have you on. This uh, kind of begins a – you're always busy, don't get me wrong, but this is kind of your busy season, isn't it? It sure is. It's not uncommon for me uh, once the session starts, the legislative session starts, which it starts this Wednesday. It's not uncommon for me to sometimes do four, sometimes five stories per day, depending on what's going on. So, yeah, the season definitely uh, keeps me pretty busy, and it's going to be doubly so because we also have the start of the 2024 candidate filing season beginning today, uh, which goes through, I believe, midnight on the 27th of this month, January. So uh, I think there's a number of uh, uh, statewide candidates that are uh, filing in person today. I think uh, State Treasurer Riley Moore is filing for 2nd Congressional District. Uh, I've been told that uh, 2nd Congressional District Congressman Alex Mooney will be filing in person in Charleston today for your U.S. Senate. So, uh, yeah, things get uh, busy uh, from here, and we'll stay busy for the next uh, uh, several weeks. Well, for uh, 60 days for the legislative session, and then we go into the, the election, which will be hot and heavy this year as well. It's elections, actually, which will be hot and heavy as well. Uh, Mac Warner, Secretary of State, will file at 8.30 this morning. He told me that because he'll be with us at 8.40. He said, i got to file first, then I'll give you a call on the radio show, and we'll talk about things that people need to know about filing. Uh, Stephen, do you anticipate, you, you know, you're a thoughtful, predictive kind of guy, do you anticipate any surprises when the filings, not necessarily the first day, but along the way? Do you anticipate any surprises? Uh, not offhand. I, I I think the big thing everyone's going to be watching is to see who files for U.S. Senate. Uh, we already know some of the – well, we only really know one pre-candidate. That would be Zachary Shrewsbury. We've talked about him before, veteran, uh, community activist and organizer. Uh We've, of course, heard that Wheeling Mayor Glenn Elliott is considering it, uh, and I know he's told you that as well. So we'll see whether that happens. I, the thing that always amazes me about candidate filing period is sort of the tactics used for when you file. There are some people that want to be upfront filing the first day, uh, and then there'll be others that will wait literally almost till 11.59 mm -hmm. uh, on that Saturday because it always falls on a Saturday. And the Secretary of State's office usually stays open in person. So you can file uh, at the state capitol, at least. I don't know about the uh, the regional hubs, but the state capitol, you can file up until 11.59 on Saturday in person. And, of course, if you have some post, you know, postmark, that works. You can works actually too. mail but it in, yeah. Yeah, but but some people wait till the very last minute to do it. And I, I don't understand the tactics. I don't know if it's superstitions or or whatever. But people have different reasons for when they file. So that's what's going to be interesting to see who files early, who files toward the back end. Well, you mentioned up front the one that I still wonder about, but everybody says no, including him. I still keep thinking Alex Mooney is going to say, "I can't win the Senate race. I'm going to." go back and try to reelect, get reelected to the uh, uh, congressional seat. But he says no. I got the impression from you, you don't think that's the case. I don't know that I don't, I don't think it's the case. I just keep wondering if that's a possibility. Yeah, uh, that's one of the reasons I, in fact, I talked to somebody close to one of the campaigns uh, just at the end of last week. And that's one of the reasons that both Riley Moore and Alex Mooney are supposed to file in person 
today. And again, uh, Alex Mooney, I don't know what time Alex Mooney is supposed to do his. I believe Raleigh Moore's is at noon. Uh, but that's one of the reasons they want to file on the same day to dispel those rumors. But of course, the dirty secret is if you do change your mind, you can go ahead and redo your filing between now and the, the Saturday, the 27th. So I guess he could go in behind after the fact and change his mind and go back to the second congressional that way. But the, one of the reasons they're announcing today and filing today is to put those rumors to bed. And as you said, some people want to be among the first. They get their some publicity by being first. Well, among the first to file today was blah de blah. Uh, some want to be hold it right to the end and be, you know, the, we're still wondering, will so-and-so file? Is he going to change his mind? And then they throw that their hat in the ring at the very last second, and they know they'll get some publicity that way. A lot of it has, a lot of how they time it has to do with how they think we will cover it. That's true. Here's the other factor to keep in mind, too. Today is the deadline for end-of-year campaign finance reports, which will cover the period of uh, uh, October, November, and December. Uh, so those are due uh, by the end of the day today uh, for candidates who filed as pre-candidates uh, with the Secretary of State's office. That allowed them to be able to fundraise and be able to kind of dip their toes in the water and see what type of support they could get financially from donors and supporters and things of that nature. So that's what makes today even more interesting that both those deadlines kind of fall on the same day. Uh, and we'll see what reports are available. I'll be watching those all day today to see what pops up for particularly the statewide candidates. We won't know for congressional uh, for a couple weeks because the FEC deadlines are a little different. But uh, those are only for statewide offices uh, in West Virginia. Uh, those are due today. And up here, locally, filing also begins. It's local filing, not statewide filing. But uh, we have a big city council race and mayor's race. Filing for those begin today, too. So uh, that'll be at the city clerk's office, but we'll be keeping an eye on that as well. So it could be an interesting day. Um, maybe some surprises, maybe not. I don't know. Let's turn our attention to the legislature. Uh, Wednesday, the governor's state of the state speech. I think it's Wednesday, state of the state speech. Has he given us any? Usually that kind of sets the tone, sets the agenda, if you will, for what the legislature might take up. Any thought from the governor on what he's going to be talking about? Honestly, they do a pretty good job upstairs uh, of keeping their cards close to their chest, especially the last couple of years. They don't usually leak out anything uh, they plan to present. I got to tell you, just covering last year's state of state, I actually found a little lackluster on specific plans, which I found interesting. Of course, this year we do know the governor wants to present another pay raise, probably a 5% pay raise. Keep in mind, we've done Pardon me. Uh, multiple five percent pay raises. Last year's was actually a twenty three hundred dollar uh, pay bump versus a five percent raise, and that is meant to deal with premium increases going into effect in the next fiscal year for the public employees' retirement system. And I, I almost hate to call it a pay raise. It's almost really a cost of living adjustment uh, meant to cover the, the those uh, premium increases. Uh, that's really all we know from the governor so far. So will he have specific proposals for his final year? Keep in mind, this is his final mm-hmm. state of state. This is eighth and final because he's term limited. He's running for U.S. Senate. Uh, so uh, it's the final one. And, of course, he came in you know, in 2017 with a major hole in the budget and all sorts of other issues. So, uh, I mean, he's leaving 
West Virginia in at least a different uh, set of circumstances that aren't nearly as bad as what they were then, as far as we know. He's known for his whiteboard, but really he only used that the first year, I think, right? Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, there's certainly memorable things he's done. He had the whiteboard. uh, You had, I think, his basketball team come in one time and join him. You You can't forget Baby Dog's butt. Well, I, I'm saving the best for last. I, you know, don't forget you had the time where you had a whole bunch of Department of Transportation people hold, you know, this big old banner yeah, that's right. uh, behind them, that sort of thing. And of course, baby dog's butt. And I've been sitting in the chair to his immediate uh, left, uh, stage right, for the last several years for all that, including the dog butt. The uh, baby dog was had an injury though last week. Couldn't make the LG announcement, right? Yeah, and I'm still kind of amazed that uh, there's a few news outlets who will go unnamed that actually wrote full-on stories about the baby <laughs> dog injury. Like it's it, it, it's a dog. Like can we do like why that? Like I know it's captured the state's attention, but like like it, 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 if it was in a full-body cast, maybe it'd be a story. But like okay, it didn't show up to a thing. You know, the governor, I hate to tell people this: the dog didn't used to the dogs didn't used to show up for press conferences. <laughs> the, the the governor, I, I, I might be wrong with this. The governor gave the LG people a picture of baby dog, right, or a baby dog member, an, an autograph photo. That's correct. Wow. Okay. Can you imagine that? Gee, thank you, Governor. Got your got your dog's paw print. Appreciate that very much. All right. So the governor hasn't given us much indication of what he will be presenting on t- uh, Wednesday night. The legislature legislative leadership does have some ideas of what they want to tackle this time around. Correct. That's correct. We actually have a whole smattering of topics that uh, the House and Senate uh, Republican leadership, uh, supermajority leadership want to push, particularly on the state Senate side. They want to take another look at school discipline. There was a bill passed last year dealing with uh, higher grades, middle school and high school in regards to student discipline, basically giving teachers more of the authority to be able to remove students, uh, unruly students, violent students from their classroom. Uh, they're working on a bill this time that will focus on early elementary, early middle school grades to try to give teachers uh, the ability to be able to uh, have more authority in their classrooms in regards to when students are removed and why, and also trying to come up with ways to be able to still provide education uh, to those unruly students. I think one of the proposals that Senate President Craig Blair talked about was uh, separate classrooms, uh, classrooms that have cameras in them, classrooms that would be specifically staffed with specialists. Uh, uh, that can provide assistance in this area. So that is something to talk about. He also talked about uh, capital punishment, uh, death penalty for uh, certain fentanyl crimes, major fentanyl distribution and wholesale uh, 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 manufacturing of fentanyl. There are a lot of issues that are kind of still pending from previously. There's the issue of the jail problems. Uh, there's the issue of um, still trying to figure out how DHHR is being divided up and how that's all working. I assume those things will all come under at least a couple of uh, committee considerations, I assume. Sure. Uh, on the House side, for example, uh, House Speaker Roger Hanshaw said that they are working on a uh, pay increase and a better pay scale 
for non-uniform members of uh, the Division of Corrections and Rehabilitation. Now, if you recall, during the August special session, correctional officers received pay bumps. They reworked the scale. That way, officers could get pay increases without being promoted, keeping them uh, where they're at in certain spots. Because right now, uh, at least previously, the only way you could get a pay increase is if you got a promotion, but that took you out of the prisons ultimately. Uh, and that was one of the big problems that they were dealing with. They did give non-uniformed correctional employees a one-time bonus in the August special session, but they do want to come back naturally work on that issue a little bit more. They want to find a permanent funding stream specifically for emergency medical services. You know, they did provide some funding for violent volunteer fire departments during the special session, but EMS is really having some issues. They're even talking about it during interims here. And then also talking about DHHR. I think they're just watching that for the moment uh, because the split just happened, uh, splitting them into three different distinct departments. I think uh, they will, there will probably be some tweaks to that, but I I think right now it's kind of seeing how this is going to work out and really seeing if it actually solves the problem that they want to fix, which is just the oversized bureaucracy that is or rather was DHHR. Um, Senator Wolfield had indicated a number of weeks ago that he might be introducing a bill on child care tax credits or on child care support in one way or another. Uh, is that something that you think there is an interest in um, beyond Wolfield? I mean, is there interest in that in the legislature itself? Yes, despite what one state senator, uh, uh, Patricia Rucker of Jefferson County, said in a uh, committee meeting earlier in December, uh, who said that the government doesn't really have a role in uh, providing greater access and affordability for child care. Well, that doesn't seem to be the thought of uh, Speaker Hanshaw. And uh, there is going to be a bill. There's already a tax credit for larger employers providing uh uh, child care uh, options uh, to be able to, to help them. They're going to probably expand that tax credit to middle-sized and probably some smaller businesses, depending on the criteria. That's one area that will help. And as you already brought up, uh, Senate Minority Leader uh, Wolfel is going to probably bring a couple bills. I They have a pretty good pipe uh, relationship uh, across the aisle over in the Senate between Republicans and Democrats. So it's possible that might be something that they entertain as well. So there is going to be a look at that because two factors. A, we have a, obviously one of the worst workforce participation rates in the nation. One way to fix that is to be able to provide more options for child care that would put more people in the workforce. And as Senate President Craig Blair also says, he always wants to see population growth. And in his words, he wants to see people making more babies. Well, people <laughs> would make my age and younger would make more babies if we had access to uh, available care. and affordable yep. child care. Yeah, it's a, it's a bigger issue than many people think about. Last year, the legislature began to uh, ratchet down the income tax. Will they take another uh, slash at that this year? No, I don't think they will, but they don't really have to, because in the bill that they passed last year, there are a number of specific triggers. There's a formula that sets off a trigger uh, that could cut the personal income tax rates further by up to 10% annually, uh, depending on number of factors, depending on how uh, tax revenue uh, collections work out. It doesn't factor in the severance tax revenue, which, as you know, is very up and down and very much down right now. Uh, so it doesn't even take that into account. 
Uh, a lot of the experts out there, a lot of the lawmakers do think that based on our tax collections right now, we may trigger that uh, tax, uh, personal tax. income tax reduction. Yeah. Anything else I forgot to ask you about? Anything else that you heard at the uh, look ahead on Friday that we should know about or be thinking about or be anticipating? I think it'll be interesting to see certainly how the new minority works out. As you know, of course, there's only three Democrats in the Senate. There are 11 Democrats in the House, and they have a new minority leader, and that's going to be Sean Hornbuckle of Cabell County. Uh, so it's going to be kind of interesting to see how they uh, operate. They certainly want to work across the aisle when they can. They also want to be the adults in the room. They want to be able to hold the majority accountable if they're pushing things that they think will be harmful to West Virginians. So uh, it'll be interesting to see kind of the back and forth and how that uh, how that works out because it's a different makeup right now. You've already had several lawmakers resign and you know to take other jobs right. or to run for higher office. So it's almost a different makeup a little bit. All right, Stephen. Well, it, as I said, it begins your busy time, and uh, I know that you'll be uh, keeping an eye on everything. You'll you'll tweet. Well, you don't tweet. You'll X. Is X a verb? Tweet used to be. I'm a still verb. calling it. I'm still okay. calling it tweeting. Okay. So. All right. You you will continue to tweet what's happening during the day. I always follow uh, the leads. I I stay so far away from X most of the time, but uh, during the session, especially with you and Brad and some other folks, I try and keep a close eye on what's going on because you guys give us a pretty good, you know, running. Uh, running report of what's happening down there. So I'll try and keep on, on top of that. And, of course, your story's in the uh, morning paper as well. Uh, and I'm sure we will be talking again a good bit over the next 60 days, too. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, send snacks. <laughs> All right. Talk to you soon. Thanks a lot, Stephen. Stephen Adams is uh, the State House reporter for the Ogden newspaper chain. So the State of the State speech is on uh, Wednesday night. And I, I still don't, I don't know if we have a game or not. Do you know, Bob? I know I asked you that last week. And I don't believe, but I'm not sure. Jerry, if you could help me out on that, I'd appreciate it. If we don't have a game, then we'll be carrying the State of the State speech for you live here on the Watchdog Radio Network. And, um, and then the day after begins the official, uh, well, the session actually gets gaveled in today, I believe. But then they, they don't do anything until after the governor's State of the State speech. So Thursday is kind of sort of kickoff day for actual activity. Meanwhile, even as we speak, this very minute, right now, in Charleston, Mac Warner is filing his campaign papers to run for governor, one of the four candidates who are running for governor. Uh, and when he's done with that, he's going to give us a buzz, and we're going to talk about things you need to know about filing day, which is today in West Virginia. That's coming up here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Good Monday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on this January the 8th. Starting today, northbound traffic on State Route 7 will be narrowed in Steubenville between the intersections of South Street and Franklin Street. This lane reduction is required for the wastewater department to carry out maintenance on the city's sewer system. The lane restrictions will be in effect from 8 a.m. until the completion of the work. The city of Steubenville's wastewater department extends thanks to residents and commuters for their understanding and patience during this necessary maintenance of the city's sewer system. Following the tragic death of two individuals in a house fire in Warren Township yesterday, the Ohio State Fire Marshal has been called in to conduct an investigation. It happened at a home on Miller Street Southwest. Warren Township fire officials say flames came from the roof upon arrival. 
Not long after, the structure partially collapsed and heavy machinery was brought in to take down the rest of the structure. Two people were in the home at the time. Both died at the scene. No names have been released. Multiple departments assisted and the cause of the fire is unknown at this time. With the arrival of peak winter, there may be a resurgence of the shingles virus accompanying the snowfall. Not only is the painful rash being seen more often this time of year, but our population is more at risk than the rest of the country. Ohio County Health Administrator Howard Gamble says three factors make it more prevalent in the Ohio Valley. First is the stress of the winter months. Second are the viruses that lower our immune system. And third is the older average age of our residents. Now he says 50 and older should receive the shingles vaccine. The two doses over several weeks. And remember the chickenpox vaccination won't keep you from getting the shingles. And the Bel Air Village Administrator position, which remained vacant for almost three years, has now been officially taken up by Frank Schaefer, who succeeded the former holder, Mike Wallace. Schaefer is a Bel Air native and township trustee and was appointed by Mayor Ed Marling at Thursday evening's Bel Air City Council meeting. That was a look at your headlines. Have a marvelous Monday. I'm Taylor Long, working for you. A rough weekend for WVU basketball teams. Why did it happen? Hi, everybody. I'm Tony Caridi. That story coming up on today's Mountaineer Report brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. With the Kroger app, shopping online with pickup and delivery is the same as shopping in-store. Same low prices, same personalized deals, same rewards on the same high-quality items like Honeycrisp apples and pasta sauce with no hidden fees or markups. It's one small click for groceries, one big win for busy families everywhere. Start your cart today at Kroger.com. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Restriction supply, see site for details. Kroger always gives you savings and rewards on top of our lower than low prices. And when you download the Kroger app, you can enjoy over $500 in savings every week with digital coupons. Plus, you can earn fuel points to save up to $1 per gallon at the pump. And with a Boost membership, you'll save even more with double fuel points and free delivery. So you can always save big every day with our savings and rewards. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Ouch. That is it. Plain and simple. Ouch. That's the only way to describe this past weekend for the WV men and women's basketball teams. Here's what I'm talking about. Combined, the two teams shot 29% from the field. The WV men hitting a painful 17% from three, just 32% overall, and it's lost to Houston, while the WV women made just 13% from three and 27% overall against number 10, Texas. Okay, so... Let's break it down. Why did it happen? Well, let's begin with the obvious. Both of the opponents are really good. Texas's women ranked number 10. Houston's men ranked number three with the nation's number one rated scoring defense. And they've currently become the only remaining undefeated Division I team in the country. Collectively, both of those teams took the Mountaineers out of their comfort zone. In the women's game, size was enough that the ladies never found the rhythm they had used to start the season with 13 straight wins. Much of this also true for the WVU men's team. Houston, plain and simple, made every Mountaineer uncomfortable. Consistent double teams never allowed them to get anything easy to the basket. The game reminded me of last season's visit to Texas. The Longhorns were rated number five in the country, and they ran West Virginia off the floor 94-60. That was a 34-point loss. The same exact margin of defeat suffered on Saturday to the Cougars. So what do you do? Well, 
You get up and you get up quick because no one feels sorry for you and you get ready to play again, which for the men just happens to be tomorrow night when Kansas State visits the Coliseum. That is today's Mountaineer Report, brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. I'm Tony Caridi on the Mountaineer Sports Network from Learfield. Stack Auction Service. We sell the earth and everything on it. From estates to business liquidation, antiques, coins, firearms, real estate, and more. We're also certified appraisers. Frio and Stack can handle it all. Call us now for a free outside consultation. 304-233-3168. Or visit FrioandStack.com. Licensed in West Virginia, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. Frio and Stack Auction Service. We sell the earth and everything on it. Toyota's National sales event is on making now the best time to save big at your toyota dealer with available apr financing as low as 1.9 percent on select new 2022 fuel efficient camrys corollas rav4s and highlanders or go off-road in a rugged tacoma or tundra also with low financing available to qualified buyers visit buyatoyota.com for more not all buyers will qualify for special apr financing from toyota see your dealer for details hurry toyota's national sales event ends september 6th toyota let's go places get big savings on vinyl plank flooring right now at Menards. Update the floors in your home with Great Lakes Vinyl Plank. Heritage Vinyl Plank Flooring features an attached pad for added comfort and sound absorption. It's durable, waterproof, and easy to install. Heritage Vinyl Plank Flooring is perfect for active lifestyles. And right now, it's only $369 per square foot. Big buys, big savings. Right now at Menards. Price is good through January 14th. Save big money at Menards. Spend your summer mornings with us. News, information, conversation, controversy, and fun. The Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. Morning edition, Watchdog Morning Show. It is cold, uh, freezing, literally 32 degrees. We think Ohio County Airport, 32 at the Highlands, 32 in Elm Grove, and 32 here at the Watchdog Radio Network studio. It's going to be mostly cloudy, mostly, we'll pick up some sunshine later in the day. Get up to maybe 37, 38. We're not going to hit a high of 40, so we'll be in the 30s all day long. Pretty good chance of rain and a lot of rain during the day tomorrow. Going to be warmer, though. Could get up close to 50 by uh, tomorrow. Uh, Listen, because I am both old and cold here, uh, my mind isn't working quite right the way it should be. And so I made an error, Bob. And uh, can we correct it? Well, newspaper editor John McCabe is never one to let me make a mistake without calling it to my attention. You know, you understand what I'm saying here. Uh, I said that the legislative session after talking to Stephen Adams last segment, the legislative session, I thought they gaveled in today and then just adjourned until after the state of the state speech. Uh, John says that's not right. Session begins Wednesday. They will gavel in before the State of the State speech, but no action until after the governor's speech today and tomorrow, our caucus and leadership meeting. So I was wrong. 
He is an editor, though, Howard. He's always telling people, no, that's not the that's not a, right. He's a weather snob, too. Uh, but uh, but what a great guy! He is. But he is. But he's. But he is part of the team here. So uh, so, uh, and he he never misses a chance to correct me when he can correct me. That's okay. It's all right. Uh, West Virginia Secretary of State Mac Warner is here with us now, Mr. Secretary. I believe you have actually now filed. Is that right? That's correct. Uh, I am coming up there from Charleston today. If you want me to bring you a blanket to keep you warm, I'll do this. <laughs> Sir, we can use that. i got to tell you, it's freezing in here in the studio. Um, so I want and people to understand, because it, there's a difference now, now that Mac is actually a candidate, i got to be careful how I deal with this. We're going to talk to him as Secretary of State today, but not as candidate for governor. But there's a lot of things that you're involved in. With this upcoming election, we want to take some time to talk about. You are traveling around the state today. What's the point of that? We're trying to generate interest in the election, make sure people know that the election season is on. We want to encourage candidates to file for office. We want to encourage new voters to get registered. We want to encourage uh, those who are registered, if they want to change the registration, know that that's possible starting. I mean, you can do that right now. Um, absentee ballot applications, you can... Uh, get uh, apply for an FST application. So just pretty much the whole election um, uh, game is on uh, starting today. So uh, we always want to encourage good people to, to run for office. And uh, this is the, the reason for getting out and talking. It's also a chance to, one, pat the clerks on the back because they really are working hard uh, during this uh, election season, but also to, to check on them, see if there are any issues that uh, we can help out from the state's perspective. So that's why we're taking this 14-county tour over the next few days. You, you know, you, you said something that caught my attention at the very beginning there. We have been, by we I mean here on this radio program and most of the media in this state, we have been doing election talk for almost a whole year. And we're really now just beginning filing season. So there is the possibility that we've talked about it so much that people could already be getting bored. So it's important to point out that this is a really important election. I mean, statewide, we've got critical races coming up. Um, And even though we've been talking about them now for almost a year, since the last election at least, uh, people need to stay energized, interested, and involved, not just as candidates, and that's one issue, but just as citizens, being aware, paying more attention. Exactly. And West Virginia, one, has propelled itself into national uh, prominence in several arenas. One is the election integrity and security. The Kirks have done a wonderful job there. We're all voting on the most modern equipment. That's throughout the state. Uh, but then we have such critical races, as we've seen the balance of power in the U.S. Senate relies uh, right here on uh, West Virginia. So that race is going to draw a lot of attention, as are the down-ballot races. There's a lot of movement going on between various candidates um, as they move to uh, possible new positions. So um, I, I certainly hope no one has gotten bored of it. In fact, it's I think the, uh, the attention and focus is uh, coming to a, to a head here because there is so much importance that's put on this May primary, uh, the way that the politics in West Virginia has moved in the last few years. What happens in that May primary is so determinative as to what may be the outcome in uh, the November election. So I don't think it was too early to start talking about it uh, last year, but now that we've turned the page and we are in 2024, it's time for everybody not just to get serious but to uh, pay attention to 
all the moving parts that go on as we prepare for this election. Well, for better or ill, depending on your uh, political perspective, uh, we are a, very much a Republican state, and that means the Republican primaries, which are full in a couple of these key races, the governor's race, the Senate race, and so on, uh, are really important, and people need to be uh, paying attention. The primary, in many ways, is is as critical as the general election. Uh, in selecting the candidates that will go through to the general election. I should point out that here in the local area, although you don't file with the state, this is also the beginning of filing for the county, uh, the city races here in Upper, uh, in Wheeling. Uh, Wheeling uh, mayor, the mayor's race is, is, the mayor's position is available, and uh, the council seats are all up for grabs. So this is also filing time for them as well here locally. So this is a pretty big, pretty big day, and we're, we're going into a pretty big month. Exactly. And there are some key dates coming up, uh, as I mentioned, that you can go ahead and apply for an absentee ballot right now if you fit one of those uh, legislatively approved reasons to vote for an absentee ballot. Of course, it will be the cutoff, I think, April 23rd uh, to vote, uh, to register to vote. Uh, then you've got the early voting that takes place from the 1st of May to the 11th of May. So there are a lot of things that uh, dates that are, are key that I'm sure you'll be talking about as time goes on. Uh, but you're, you're right. Now is the time to be thinking about the registration, making sure everything's straight. And uh, if you want to file for office, certainly uh, you really need to be pay attention over these next two to three weeks. It's always a good idea, no matter what you believe to be the case, to double-check your voter registration. It's really easy to do at GoVoteWV.com. Just go check, make sure you're properly registered, make sure you register where you think you are. Uh, You know, just double-check all that stuff. Uh, and it's the website makes it very easy. Exactly. I'm glad you mentioned that. GoVoteWV.com. Pretty much everything election-related uh, is on that site. So you could download an application to, to vote absentee. You could download an application to run for office. Um, you can check all these key dates. You can check your registration. So pretty much everything you and I have been talking about is available at that GoVoteWV.com website. Uh, Mr. Secretary, last time you and I talked, only a week or so ago, I guess, really, we were talking about um, poll workers. Uh, might be a good time to remind people that uh, poll workers are vital to the election, um, and we always need more. We, we do. Uh, that's another thing that you can do on that uh, GoVoteWB.com website. The idea there is we want to have both the people running the polls, but we want some alternates as well in case somebody gets sick or uh, and uh, just this morning, one of our key people here in the office had car trouble. Uh, we had a line outside our office ready for people, people ready to file for office, and we had to get an alternate to, to fill in. And we, on one occasion, we had somebody who was pregnant and delivered a baby the night before, a poll worker <laughs> delivered the baby the night before. So you obviously have to have a fill in there. So that's why it's, it's important for us to talk about this now. If you have any interest in being a poll worker, I highly encourage people to do so. Uh, the reason for that is you have these conspiracy theories and people talk about machines being connected to the Internet. If you go work the polls, you will see the machines are not connected to the Internet. You'll see the checks and balances. You'll gain a real appreciation for the security of the elections. And you can help squash the rumors about uh, you know fraudulent elections and so forth. So I highly encourage people to do that. And it's just rewarding. You're being a part of uh, the, the local uh, civic, uh, you're doing your civic duty to the local community, and uh, the clerks will greatly appreciate it. So I highly encourage people. I'm glad you brought that up. I encourage people to sign up as poll workers. Mr. Secretary, I have purposely, and I continue to purposely, not engage you in conversation about 
the last election, um, you know, was it stolen and all that sort of stuff. I, I have some issues with some of the things you said at the debate. I don't want to get into that now. It's your opinion is your opinion. But I do want to ask you, in West Virginia, over the elections you are over, do you feel confident and comfortable that this election will be safe and secure, in West Virginia at least? Absolutely. And I, again, give tribute to the county clerks and the elections directors who run our elections. I attribute it to the voting equipment that we use. I attribute it to the process that we use. And by that, I'm talking about the audit that automatically takes place, uh, the accuracy and logic uh, checking that we do with the machines before the elections. That's open to the public. I encourage people to go attend that when the clerks announce uh, when that will be. I have attended those a number, on a number of occasions. So if people get involved in the process and take advantage of the transparency that the clerks offer, they too will have confidence in the elections. I have a dumb question. You filed for office today. Do you get like special privilege? Do they like let you go to the front of the line? You know, come right this way, Mr. Secretary. We'll open the gates for you. Well, uh, I'll be frank with you. My going through is a way of doing the checks and balances in ah. the system. As I mentioned, we had the, uh, it was actually uh, the finance clerk, the, the person who receives the checks uh, that had the car trouble. And so by going through the process myself, we worked out the kinks and made it available. So as people started to come through this morning, it was much more, the flow was there. Uh, we have the office set up where you, you sign in one place, you get your paper notarized, you come out and you get the official candidate's guide, and then you drop your check off. And it's a, a very efficient system. So uh, I worked out the kinks myself this morning, and things are working <laughs> smoothly here in our office. The um, filing goes through January 27th. Help Seven. me with this. Yes. And Correct. you can go file. Are you open in person until then? We, we are on the 27th. That's a Saturday. And we're actually open from 9 a.m. till midnight. And that's in all three of our locations, Charleston, Clarksburg, and Martinsburg. You can also file by mail, but this, the letter has to be stamped by that date. So uh, I would encourage somebody that's doing it by mail not to wait till that last day because you've got to get into the post office, get it stamped, and so on. Um, so it, th that is a pretty strict requirement uh, that if you file by mail, uh, they have to see that postmark. I got you. All right. Again, the website is, I have to say, it's always been a, a, a very useful website. GoVoteWV.com. Pretty much all the information needed about elections in West Virginia are there. It is an easy-to-navigate website. I must commend you and your team for having put that together. It's it's really uh, it's it's a really good website, um, and folks can go, you know, check your registration. You actually see who's filing, all that kind of stuff. GoVoteWV.com. Mr. Secretary, thanks for joining us this morning. Now, as time goes by, we'll kind of have a two-tiered approach. I want to get you on here to talk about your candidacy, and, of course, we'll continue to talk to you as Secretary of State about the election work as it moves along as well. So I'm sure we'll be talking again in the near future. I appreciate that, Howard. appreciate you keeping things separate, and uh, it's always great talking with you as well. Appreciate right. you having me on. Good luck, Matt. Thanks. Thank you, sir. Uh, Thanks. Matt Warner, Secretary of State. Yeah, We are now on a two-track approach, Bob. We have to, you know, he is now officially a candidate, so i got to be more careful about how I handle it. And I, uh, when they came on today, I said, look, we're going to talk only about the election because I can't talk about your governor's race. But we will have him on. Did I mess up by wishing him luck, Howard? No, 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 no. no. I, I wish all candidates I wish almost all candidates luck. You know, good luck. I like Matt. I don't want him to win necessarily, but I wish him all luck.
And I'm, I've said this before. I will be brutally honest, and I get slapped around by my Republican friends or by, by my Democrat friends. I think, Mac, in that debate, I said this on the air, in the debate that they had a few weeks ago, months ago, I think Mac was far and away the best presented, the, did the best job. Right up until he got to the CIA stole the election kind of stuff, which at some point I'm going to have to get into with him, but we'll talk about that. I, I know you, you asked me a question earlier, and I don't know if I gave you the right answer. Do we have to do a break or not do a break? No, we're done. And, and I know I'll get a chance, Howard, somewhere. I, I just have to ask him this. I'm, I, and, and I'm going to do it as respectful as I can, I but I'm to going to say, today. I, go ahead. I'm, sorry. I'm going to say, Mac, I have nothing but respect for you. You are a military man from, from the get go. How in the world could you, you just, just saying that, how could you support Donald Trump over everything he has done? How, how in the world can you do that? I'm going to go back to something I said earlier. I'm old and I'm cold because I actually had intended today, this January 8th day, to ask him his thoughts about January 6th. Not about stealing the election. We know he, he was part of Stop the Steal. Uh, he in that debate, he said he thought the election was stolen. But forget about that. How does he feel, as you point out, Bob, as a military man, how does he feel about what happened on January 6th, the overrunning of the Capitol, the physical takeover, the physical rioting of America's seat of democracy? And I had every intention of asking them that today. Again, just I'm going to put it on a little, uh, you know, circular disc or something. And I'm old and I'm cold today, and my mind just isn't uh, isn't working quite right because that's uh, I, you brought it up. And it's a good point. He's a military man. Do, how can a military man feel that that was in any way? And I'm not saying he does. I don't know how he feels about it. How could a military man see that the uh, the overrunning of the Capitol was anything other than what traitorous, treasonous? Wrong. And, and and that's great in itself. But also, John McCain, uh, uh, how in the world? What's your feelings on that? What about the the, the prisoner of wars that he said, I, 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 I'd rather back someone that didn't get captured? All those comments, Howard. Well, now you're back to Trump. And, I mean, look, the litany of, of things against Donald Trump is just is – just, but for a military man is what I'm saying. That yeah. you would think that they, he would say, I, I just That's can't do point. it. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. I I prefer my what my military men who don't get captured. And um, and then I just was reading something over the weekend. It must have gone back to a previous comment where Trump was was doing this. Well, you, you can't see it because I'm not doing doing a video. He was trying to lift. He goes. You know, I don't know, I even understand it. McCain couldn't lift his arm up for some reason. I don't know what that was all about. The man had been tortured. His arms had been held. He'd been hanging from his arm. And here's a guy that used his privilege and his wealth to stay out of the war. Again. What, did he, what, he had, what did he have? Spurs on it? Bone spurs. Yeah, it's bone something spurs. Bone spurs. Couldn't do it. Yeah, couldn't, couldn't, couldn't possibly do it. All right, uh, coming up. I just all right. I got to readjust for next hour. I had a guest coming in who talked to us about disinformation and how we can learn to be more aware of when we are being tricked online. That uh, she had a heart problem. I need help with that. Remember, <laughs> and had to go to the doctor. So we will uh, talk about a couple other things instead next hour, including RFK Jr. and some of his goofy stuff uh, as well. It's all coming up as the Watchdog Morning Show moves on. We are looking at an even freezing 32 degrees pretty much right across the board. Cloudy today. Some sun could roll in this afternoon. We're not going to get too warm, up to maybe 36, 37, 38, something like that. A lot of rain tomorrow. Um, forecast says it could mix with snow, but the temperature is going to be 50. 
I don't know how you're going to get rain mixed with snow, but again, I've given up on trying to figure out the forecast. I uh, tell you right now, ABC is covering the world right now, right here. Monday, Monday. FM 97.7, AM 1370, WVLY, Moundsville. From ABC News, 